they should. Belichick yeah, why not? I think I think Bill Belichick could really enjoy the college football life. Um, well, let let Saban uh, cause a little chaos in the NFL once again. <laughs> Uh, and Jim Harbaugh's going to probably wind up back there too. Like Jim Harbaugh's showing up in the NFL, and like Pete Carroll's gone, Belichick's gone. I mean, all you have to do is cheat. All you have to do is cheat. I find it genuinely charming that they won the championship after cheating. (laughs) In Houston. It's so funny. In Houston, so good for them. See, I'm kind of sad that the Bears are are going to keep Eberflus. Uh, uh, you know, I kind I kind of wanted them to go for Harbaugh, bring him home. This is the oh. ultimate time to be in the coaching carousel, I guess. Like, right, and you know. Gunther Steiner. <laughs> and by Gunther the way, Steiner. and Gunther Steiner. So, do you have any idea what Addie's talking about with Gunther, Gunther Steiner? No, I don't. Gunther I, Steiner <clears throat> was the team principal uh, and star character of Drive to Survive uh, at our American team that you've definitely heard of as an American, Haas. <laughs> Everyone in America loves Haas, our American Formula One team. Yes. I just have to say, I feel a little bit like you you can't build a car that bad and then blame Gunther. No. No. Of, of course not. I have I have as little opinion on this as Parker does because I have not followed the ins and outs oh, yeah. of, of you Hulls haven't watched you haven't watched as, Drive to Survive, which American he's- and I watched the one episode of I watched the first episode of, of season five and it was this beautiful love story of Gunther and Mattia, who I hope can go in wine country together and just like sit in opposite Adirondack chairs or the Italian version of Adirondack chairs sipping their wine. I I love that for them, if that is how they how they choose to spend their time together. They should I honestly give they them they should give them a Manning cast. They should. But I knew, like, finding out that Mattia gets killed off, basically, because he gets his job taken away. I okay, didn't but- watch the rest. It's the same reason. I'm a, I've been a Sunderland fan for since college, and I cannot watch Sunderland all uh, Sunderland until I die the second season because I cried in a bar when the climactic game in that season happened. I don't need to see it again. I don't need to, to torture myself that way. I don't need to watch... Um, Mets amazing finishes 2021 to see like games that fucking got away from them. There's a reason that Mets classics, they will only show, you know, games that they won. I'm, I'm sure that the, uh, the, the, uh, what's it called? The marquee network does like, it's gotta be 2016 on a loop, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, the, you game seven plays over and over <laughs> and over. It's like, hey, you want to watch Game 7 again?
I, you're never going to find me saying that a Ferrari executive should keep their job. So that's all I no got. No executives say. anywhere. All no. of them except for the executives of the Arizona Corporation, which is not a sponsor of this show, but does make 99 cent cans of stuff that I drink today. It's the uh, Herbal Energy Tonic because ooh, and Eddie's got the Arnold Palmer. I feel like I'm missing out. All I have is a weird collection of Diet Dr. Pepper cans by my desk. No, you're not missing out at all. You understand what's happening right now perfectly. Parker just grabbed four Dr. Pepper cans, which I really respect. I got to say, Jesse, they're selling these for like $1.30 at my convenience store, and I feel like that's an abomination. I think it's so illegal. And I wish that the government would step in. It still says, let's see. No, the can doesn't say 99 cents anymore. This is so unacceptable. That, that should be considered illegal price gouging, I think. I completely agree. Arizona Ice Tea, um, you're on the list until further notice that we don't have. We will have. We'll have a list. No, I think that Arizona Ice Tea should. <laughs> we'll have a list. <laughs> we will create a list for this. I think Arizona Ice Tea should uh, should sponsor the show, though. Believe just, believe us, so do we. <laughs> you know what? Just just Dang. come in, sponsor the show. You know, it doesn't have to be a big sponsorship. Maybe just give you guys free free iced tea. They're all, the cans only cost a dollar or a dollar twenty, a dollar a dollar twenty, dollar thirty, whatever. It's like a ten dollar sponsorship a week. A dollar. It's okay, not a so lot. I did try the um, the hard Arizona green tea. Have you guys yes. had it? No, I, but I that had, sounds good. No, I had the uh, the lemon, the original. You had the lemon uh, one. How over, was the lemon one? Christmas. It was amazing. Um, yeah it it was. Uh, I thought the green tea was pretty better than good. White Claw, which now yeah. has a, a non alcoholic version, which I. Don't who who is that run. for? How is that for? No, I don't know. Why would you not like if you want just sparkling water? Why would you not just get one of the sparkling water brands? There it's been making unhard sparkling water yeah, perfectly they, for they, centuries. They know how to do that. Like my last real interaction with Facebook was being in a seltzer specific group that like got together for a seltzer picnic in Prospect Park. What's everyone's there are so many. Favorite, I think we've had this conversation before, but what's everyone's favorite regular seltzer? Polar. Oh. Polar's a good one. Spindrift? I don't I don't even I don't I just don't like seltzer. I I love I I just love Diet Coke. I mean, I respect that. I totally respect that. Diet Coke, Diet Dr. Pepper. Although I started taking a medication recently that makes all carbonated beverages taste weird. No. And I I don't like it. And and it's not technically like a major side effect, but – no, Come that's on. a major, it's a side, major effect. side effect. That's it, a major if it makes carbonated beverages, bubbles. which make up like ninety percent of the things I drink, that's uh, taste bag. Yeah, it's horrible. You're I left with this. like lemonade. Yeah, it's like oh, I'm supposed to drink water. No, thank Ew. you. Just kidding. I love water. I'll stand or for forever. Arizona iced tea or Arizona okay, so iced tea. I have to say, here is what you just have to do, Addie. You just walk into the store. Get your can, you put a dollar on the counter, and you walk out. 
Fuck out. I'm standing up. I'm standing up for my rights. You know, I just also am realizing, by the way, that you guys are really – like, I didn't get the dress code for today, I guess. Wear red. Wear red. Wear a hat. You know, we could have really – Well, you, at you least, got the glasses. At least I got glasses, but yep. mine are brown. Yeah. So well, I, I messed, messed up on that front. So I just have to say, when I bought the um, the spiked green tea, I, like, ordered it for delivery. Um, and so the, it was just, like – a can. And so I thought I was getting like a regular size. I don't know why on earth I would imagine that any form of Arizona tea would come in anything other than the, the mega can. tall boy. But I thought I was getting like, I don't know, like a 12 ounce can of spiked green tea. And it got to my house and it was full size Arizona tea of the hard green tea. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. I, I will say I thought it was good, but it was it wasn't as good as I hoped. Like so, I got to try the other one. Yeah, I, I feel like the green tea probably a little bit harder to adapt with alcohol. I don't know. Um, that makes sense to me. I don't have a great segue here to, so I'm just not going to. I I will um, just say what's on my mind, which is that. Um. Sports talk radio, I've always felt. Um, I've not always felt. I was a caller when I was 16. I called into Mike and the Mad Dog, but that's a story for another day. Um, But that's who should be calling is 16-year-olds. Yeah. Like the kid who called Stephen A. about cars, asking if Lightning McQueen was the greatest racer of all time. Yes. That is exactly what sports talk radio should be. Um, instead, what it quickly devolved into is place for men to air their grievances. <laughs> and there is something healthy about channeling your emotions through sports. That's kind of what it's there for. But um, we just like, and you know that it's it. you see it in the way that sports talk radio is like, anti-bat flip and you gotta you gotta play the right way and and it is the slippery slope from sports talk radio to fascism which is where what is on my heart today and is so confusing to me is jason whitlock went all the way down that slippery slope all the way down he's on the blaze now yeah. He's on the blaze now? He's on the blaze now. Oh, that's dark. Stephen A. Smith, in a half hour long, much deserved, much celebrated. We don't have to really you know, add to it here. Go find it on YouTube. It's on Stephen A.'s channel. It's great. Um, pick your clickbait word. Eviscerates, destroys nukes from outer space fucking ends jason whitlock it's beautiful the whole thing is is wonderful it starts with him apologizing in advance to his pastor it ends with him also apologizing to his sister (laughs) i have not watched this that i now i have to that's a great sell within that um why is Stephen A. Smith talking to Sean Hannity a lot? 
Like, he's like, I talk to these people all the time. Like, I'm on the phone with Sean Hannity. What are they talking about? Well, that's because Stephen A. Smith is also very conservative. Yeah, Jason, that Jason kind of Whitlock, me. Whitlock is just freakishly conservative. Stephen A. Smith is just Sean Hannity level conservative. I mean, Jason Whitlock, let's let's put it this way. When I used to work at Media Matters, there is a Jason Whitlock category mm-hmm. on Media Matters website. And there has no been way. a long time. Yes. Because he goes on, he has for years gone on like Tucker Carlson's show. And he's gone on like Candace Owens, like turning point usa events and he said things like they should repeal the 19th amendment like he is like so off the deep end that he can make dudes like stephen a smith seem reasonable um oh i'm sorry is stephen a smith not a reasonable commentator (laughs) that said stephen a smith's takedown of whitlock was I loved it. I loved That's, it so much. <laughs> I think Stephen A is a good can't like, like of of all the problematic people. Like yeah, like and I say this having found a a 1983 Yankees magazine this week that had a Bill Cosby putting pops ad in it. Um, like Stephen A is. tough to like it's tough to reconcile like where he's conservative with like where he's taking like because in the same i'm so confused by by his whole deal there because he's a smart enough guy to know that people like sean hannity are actively working against him and I just don't know, like, what he gets out of that, you know, because I, sure, he's socially, probably politically conservative, but, like, he talks all the time about, as a black man, as a black man, doesn't, doesn't, uh, I don't know, it blows my mind, and that's probably a conversation for another time, but that <laughs> is, um, like, does Hannity ask him about sports? I I don't know. I don't know if I've actually watched one of his interviews with Hannity, but he's always like he appears on Fox. He he like he'll show up on these things. And I thought it I at first I thought it was always like, oh, he'll show up to be like just kind of like there, but I'm not sure what they actually talk about. I just kind of it's like why else would you talk to Sean Hannity? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. But, what, what... but yeah, I wanted to wanted to pull up the. Uh, let's see if I can find the, because I just wanted to find the the thing that that uh, Whitlock said about the Nineteenth Amendment because it's insane. While uh, you do that, I. Yeah. I should circle back to what I was trying to say in the first place before I sidetracked myself, which is that Stephen A is a great case for separating the art from the artist because Mm. that was 
he he is an artist and that was a masterpiece of just absolutely um tearing somebody to bits uh, okay i i found it now um so here's and this was only this was only last month jason Wentlock he says uh they have recreated this history that oh god it was all just sexism and we didn't have the right to vote until susan b anthony and the women's suffrage movement and i will defend life before suffrage because a vote used to represent the family when we were a culture that really valued family and really understood the natural order that god intended man serving god woman following man who serves God, man and woman developing and nurturing children. You only needed one vote per household because that vote was about the entire family as they have destroyed our family structure and made all this about individual pursuit. Not everybody has to have a vote and everybody has to have an agenda. And a lot of the times there's nothing to do with family. It's like, ah, not everybody has to have a vote. That's cool. Anyway, sorry. That, uh, that that is that is Jason Whitlock in a nutshell. Good times, boy. Yo, that is like <laughs> totally off the deep end stuff. So hey, I mean, the opposite. Uh, we endorse the Nineteenth Amendment. Whoa. We love the Nineteenth Amendment. Whoa. <laughs> We love the 19th Amendment. Never thought we would have to clarify that we have a position on the 19th Amendment and we're pro. The pro mm-hmm. 19th Amendment podcast. I, 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 you know, it really is. You're so right, Jesse, that it's like Stephen A is a great case for separating the art from the artist. But it is also that like part of my sort of like strange obsession with Stephen A is the is the like duality of Stephen A and the like the like character of Stephen A versus the real Stephen A, which I don't know the line between. And I don't know if he knows the line between. And I mean, I'm just I'm just fascinated by it. I I, I do have one ask for him, which is if anyone, I mean, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but I would love it if he could stop the body shaming. That's one of his go-to insults. And the first second I wa- I watched like the first five yeah. seconds of this rant walking this morning, and he's like, "This fat bastard." I'm like, "Buddy, you are a true artist with words. You can eviscerate someone without talking about their body." That's my one ask for my my single ask for Stephen A. <laughs> Oh, that is, um, I thought I lost my, lost my train of thought once again today. This, this, I'm, you know what? This is a bad start to 2024 for Arizona because this RX energy herbal tonic is, is doing nothing for my brain. I keep losing my train of thought. Well, uh, it was the new moon this morning at like 5 mm. a.m. on Thursday. So it, I feel like we're all a little... New moon portally, it's fine. And the weather's nuts too. So we were talking yeah. before you came on. Jim Cantori is in Chicago, so uh, we're hoping that Parker doesn't get, you know, buried by snow. Ay ay ay. So uh, I really, um, I really don't even want to say the sentence that's coming out of my mouth right now. I really wish I didn't have to ask this question. But speaking of talk radio. Okay. Can someone explain to me what the hell is going on with Aaron Rodgers and Pat McAfee? 
you want to take a stab at this one, Jesse? Um, all I- I've gathered are like, all I've gathered is that there is that he said something mean about Jimmy Kimmel, implying that he's on that Kimmel's on the Epstein list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pat McAfee seems to be trying to speed run the ESPN experience. <laughs> uh, he 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 seems to be going the, the like the the trying to follow like the bar stool the the like pardon my take. <laughs> I swear the- to God, until only a few months ago, I thought that Pat Mac- Pat McAfee was a bar stool guy. Yeah, no, he just had his YouTube show that I used to watch his YouTube show just like I'd be like up late at night and just kind of like he was always that punter that was entertaining to watch. And I was like, oh, he was the guy we would he would hit dudes. He would go and make the tackle, you know, like I always thought that was entertaining when growing up. That was like Todd Sauerbrunn for the Bears who it turned out was on steroids, <laughs> where it's like, that makes sense. Uh, Todd Sauerbrunn is also like the villain in Stefan Fatsis's book about kicking. Like when he went to go and like learn to be like, I'm going to you know try this, you know, kind of George Plimpton-esque, like go see if I can suit up and, you know, train with the Broncos and, and all that. Um, and Todd Sauerbrunn was like such a dick to him because he was on steroids. Yeah, no, that was that was who the Bears punter was when I was growing up. So, so that's who who I idolized, and uh, yeah, and Pat McAfee was like the was like the like the logical next step in in that. So that I think is why I like had some weird little admiration for him for some time, which which tracks, I guess, that he's a villain. Yeah, I think. Um... You're better off probably if you're choosing punters, go for that type of dude who's in Australian because they're just coming from Australian rules football and they're not meatheads like Pat McAfee yeah. or Todd Sauerbrunn. Yeah. Or or like someone like Chris Cluey. He's a better dude. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Chris Cluey. Yeah. Except for he gave up his number for Brett Favre. He should have held his held his ground on that and been like been like, screw you, Brett Favre. I'm and keeping Brett four. Favre. You can be five. Brett Favre then passed his legacy to Aaron Rodgers, who then goes on Pat McAfee's show and says that um, Jimmy Kimmel's on the Epstein list. And then um, Jimmy Kimmel delivered an entire seven-minute monologue on his late-night television show in which he called Aaron Rodgers hamster-brained, words that ended up on the back page of the papers in New York. So, uh, Oh, I mean, that's tabloid. That is tabloid bait right there. Yeah. Well, I... Oh, the the capper on all of it was Aaron Rodgers on the Jets breakup day saying, well, we need to really cut out the bullshit and the off the field distractions <laughs> and the stuff that isn't Shut about winning up. football games. Shut the fuck up. He said that. Yeah. yeah. Aaron Rodgers said that. Yeah. He's like, yeah, we got to cut the BS. Well, and then so there was this there was this other thing I saw that was like some like PR guru who works at like Cal who was like who was like so here's the thing like Aaron Rodgers when he was here was like humble and fine and like whatever and when he went to the Packers he was he was fine and he was he 
was a good sport about everything being benched for the first few years and all this. It was, it was a tweet and I might be misremembering some of it, but, um, and he, you know, dealt with, dealt with being on the bench and dealt with the drama over Favre and all of this stuff. And he handled it really well because he listened to people who were telling him what to do and listened to that. But then as he became a superstar, he stopped listening to people and he started just kind of listening to himself. And this is what you get when his he's just kind of letting his own ego take the wheel and shutting other people out. And it's like, yeah, you can kind of, you can definitely see that where he's like, no, I I am the one who's making the rules here. And I think that the reason that he thought that Jimmy Kimmel was on the Epstein list is because like there are all of these fake versions of the Epstein list that weirdo MAGA type people have been posting for years that have like all these like Hollywood names on it and like Jimmy Kimmel, it'll be like Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, Jesse Smollett and Oprah Winfrey, and, like all these names that wouldn't be on there. Like, like why would Jesse Smollett be on there? You, the only reason his name's on there is because he was in, he was the, you know, the the hoax thing, you know, <laughs> and so stuff stuff like that. Um, so I think he probably got it from something stupid like that, where he fell for fell for a hoax, and then just like repeated it on Pat McAfee's show. But I fully God. believe that. Yeah. I mean, he is old enough to understand what email forwards are. Like it it's really it really frustrates me how how easily people fall for dumb shit. Like like this is such a strange beef. Like this is the this is like the weirdest possible beef. Yeah. And then here's the thing I also don't understand. In my skimming of some brief news articles about this, I don't understand if Pat McAfee is pro Aaron Rodgers being kicked off his show or anti Aaron Rodgers being kicked off his show. Oh, he's anti. Yeah, he's he he's anti. Wants Aaron Rodgers on that show every week because every time Aaron Rodgers is on there, he says some shit that gets Pat McAfee's face on television. So ESPN laid down the law and was like, "You're not having Aaron Rodgers on your show that we license anymore." Hmm. For the rest which, of the season. Which For the is, rest of the season. Have it, have For the rest it, of the season. Yeah, which is pretty much over. Which is <laughs> 10 more minutes. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, oh, and you can't yeah, have him on for a month. Yeah, four more weeks, basically. Like, okay. It's, it's, a, it's like a tiny suspension. <gasps> Wait, oh my God, I think I just put some of this together. Kimmel's on ABC, right? Yeah, they're all yeah. on like, Disney. Oh, yeah. Kimmel yes. is on ABC. I got it. I get it's it. It's all the same company. I get it. There we go. And that was another thing that that Stephen A. in his in his way in his prologue was like, yeah. Before I do this, uh, I let my bosses at ESPN know what I'm doing, even though this is my own thing and my own show. Like Stephen A. is is a big CYA guy. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That makes you should. Because you should. Because yeah. um, also great moments this week in. Um, well, it's not really. It's sort of labor versus management, but um, it's it's certainly a one guy playing playing the job the right way. Um, despite the fact that I don't like him and he is not a great defensive coordinator, and I'm glad that he's gone now from the Giants. 
Don Martindale, who I will not call Wink because that's a game show host of much higher skill than Don is a defensive <laughs> coordinator. Wink I was linebackers coach with the Super Bowl Ravens. He's ridden that ever since. Um, but good for him because the Giants fired like his top two like position coaches uh, thinking that they would get him to quit. And he went in and cursed out Brian Dable and stormed out. Um, but he didn't quit. Um, he made them come back and say, uh, we are mutually parting ways, which means uh, he is not not one to storm out of the job and leave that money on the table. Good for you, Don. Good uh, for get him. Back on the way out. <laughs> get your money. Get your money. Um, coaching carousel going means that um, coordinators are like a hot topic too. And, and coordinators are the kind of thing where it's like somebody always looks great from afar. Like the coordinator of the team that's in the Super Bowl is going to look good. And you really don't know what it's all about until you hire him as your head coach. Um, and before you got on, Addy, we were talking a little bit about um, all time sort of um, love, love to watch this guy somewhere else. Not so happening on uh, having him when he's on my team. Marcus Stroman. Um, <sighs> Ex-Matt, ex-Cub. Yeah, I will just say, another person that's a great case for separating the art from the artist. Because when Marcus Stroman was on the Mets, I'm going to be honest, that was fun. That was a fun time. I will stand in my truth. I say no endorsement about... Marcus Stroman, personality, but it's great. It was such a fun. That was a fun rotation. He was fun in that lineup. I was excited every time he was going to be starting. But Bolio, do I not miss him? Yeah, I think that he is. Uh, I think he may have made a mistake in uh, turning down his option for this year with the Cubs. Just possibly. 21 million dollars uh yeah i don't think he's gonna get that no he's probably not gonna get that with the yankees but he might get more than a single year deal maybe possibly who knows but uh i don't know he he, he, he was fun in the sense that like i don't know like i uh I, i was playing mlb the show and i won a world series with the cubs and in one of the games i threw a no hitter using marcus stroman and he retweeted it on Twitter when I posted about it. And that I man that, is so online. He's so online in such a terrible way, too. And 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 that's relatable to me. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's I, I cast no judgment. Yeah, it's like I get it. And then he says stupid things online too. And and again, that's so relatable to me. I know. But, you know, and, and he puts his foot in his mouth and and then he doubles down on things he really shouldn't. And again, so relatable to me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I wish him the best of luck wherever he ends up. But uh, I'm I'm okay with him him not being on the Cubs. I think this year, I'm 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 happy for the the more probably low key, less injury prone lineup that we likely yeah. have because because that's another thing when he's on he's on when he's injured he's a mess 
And when and he's, he's not getting run support, he's really grouchy. Yeah, he's grouchy. And when he's grouchy, then he starts... When he's grouchy, he gets wild. When he goes online. Yeah, then he goes online and... Relatable. And then he starts blocking people, which is weird. It's it's weird to have a player going around blocking people. <laughs> I mean, yeah. famously, I was blocked by Noah Syndergaard, so I still think it's um but then i also waged like a, a full day war to make him unblock me so i I, was, I i get it i was once blocked by the account for the chicago bears for the, three years the official chicago bears the, organizational account yes i had okay, to, that's crazy to me i and i had to like ask people i was like does anyone know who handles the bears account can you get them to unblock me and like the, someone who knew someone got them to do it and the reason i was blocked was because i'm they made they posted something and it was like hey what's so and so up up to this weekend and it says like is he going fishing and i said going fisting and then they <laughs> just immediately blocked me and i like i was like that was a tame joke just because i said like a middle like a linebacker was fisting this weekend and no didn't. one has parker no one has ever made a light sexual joke in the comments of a sports team's yeah. account on social media and so yeah, I was like, too far. I was like, my dad has season tickets, and and now the team has blocked me. And I was like, I was like, I would just like them to unblock me so I can follow the updates on the games. <laughs> I mean, I think it's like I'm gonna stand in the camp of pro players are allowed to block anyone they yeah. want. Yeah, teams. No. Teams are not allowed to do that. That's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Yeah, teams For, got a mute. Teams got a mute. At, at, mute, <laughs> which is what I'm a hundred percent certain Noah Syndergaard did to me after he unblocked me and followed me because I had spent the entire day making people harass him online. At one point, at one point, the the two most prominent accounts on tw on Twitter that had blocked me were the the Bears and Donald Trump. <laughs> that's like so. That's so beautiful, Parker. That, that was that was funny. That's so um, beautiful. But good uh, for you. Yeah, yeah, that was that was good times. But uh no, that my my favorite follow on Twitter was uh was Lucas Giolito uh because he's he's awesome. Even he if is. His, even if his his pitching has not been so awesome these past couple years. Really, the past yeah. year. But uh his his old tweets, he followed me after I pointed out that he is the only athlete whose older tweets make him look cooler than he than he is because his older tweets are all things like mom bought corn pops gonna have an awesome weekend stuff like that because that's the way it should be the only the only thing uh the only tweets old tweets better than that are like mitch trubisky's uh college tweets where he's like i love kissing titties and it's like yeah mitch trubisky <laughs> that was a good tweet i don't know why you deleted it that was fine <laughs> I have I'm like desperate desperately trying to find this. It may not exist anymore, but I just have to say there's a really good um 
there's a really good old Jacob deGrom tweet, like uh, when all the players' tweets were getting like combed through. <laughs> people were like, oh, like let's go see like what Jacob deGrom used to say concerning. You, you can imagine why that yeah. might be uh, something that people want to find. I can't see him having tweeted about much more than chicken fingers and golf. Literally, I can't find it, but the tweet, like the only tweet people could find was him being like, going to Applebee's. <laughs> Perfect. Um, there's yeah, also we, We've oh, also had the discussion about Joe Burr on this that's, show. Jesse, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's exactly uh, where I was yeah. going next. Joe Burrow versus Perfect capitalism. Joe Burrow, uh, those, Joe those... Burrow perfect old tweets. Yeah, his 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 are great because he's just like, here's why capitalism is bad. And it's just like, yeah, Joe Burrow. Yeah, comrade Burrow. <laughs> Highest paid player in the NFL, baby. Joe Burrow, invitation to join our worker-owned collective. Yes. I mean, Joe Burrow, sponsor the podcast. <laughs> I, like, the, I mean, they are really iconic tweets. Like, uh, he, he quote tweets Bleacher Report. This is from 2017. The Bleacher Report tweet says, Ohio State, Texas, and Oklahoma football programs all valued over $1 billion. And Joe Burrow says, our team is worth $1.5 billion, but it wouldn't be fair to other students if we get a free hamburger. <laughs> I'm like, tell them. There's also oh, this iconic tweet from 2016. What? Because hamburgers is how Michigan season started. Yes. Jim Harbaugh suspended for three games, ostensibly over illicit hamburgers. Hmm. What did Joe Burrow know? Well, what did Joe Burrow know, and why did they break his arm for it? Well, he does also say also from 2017, if Jon Snow can return from the dead after getting stabbed in the heart, dot, 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 I can return from a broken hand. I love him. Oh, there is a, uh, let's see, Cubs Cubs just traded something. Ooh, Jeff Passan has, a, has an update live. live. Oh, normally we these things happen right after we record. I know. Let's see. Full trade. Yeah, Chicago Cubs are acquiring third baseman Michael Bush and reliever Yancy Almonte from the Los Angeles Dodgers in exchange for a pair That's of toolsy good. teenage prospects. Left-handed starter Jackson Ferris and outfielder Zahir Hope, sources tell ESPN. I'm not familiar with those two, Jackson Ferris or Hope. That's... <sighs> All right. Cubs got two guys whose uh, 2023 war was... Uh, Cubs. Negative... 0.5 and negative 0.5. All right. Not sure. Man, it's it's going to be another 108 years. What the hell are you doing restocking the Dodgers farm system and helping sure. them clear their 40-man roster? Not sure. Not sure. 26-year-old and the 29-year-old the Cubs get, so I don't know what the Cubs are doing here. The Cubs do right. need a third baseman, I guess. Maybe. They, they need a first the baseman. They can put they can put my Michael Bush there. Uh, Michael Bush. I guess I don't know. They maybe are gonna sign Matt Chapman. Maybe. 
I just got this alert, by the way, from the MLB app, which I love that you broke before the app did. That was really that was super super quick of you. Did you say how am I feeling about the Mets, Jesse? Yeah, I feel like so long as we're gonna wallow in some baseball music, let's let's go. So here's the thing. Yesterday, I saw a tweet that was like, "Here's the here's what the Mets starting lineup could look like on opening day." That somebody had quote tweeted by saying this is a, and just said this is a 75 win team, and I was like, "Yeah, like I just think here." So, but here's what I will say: I can I can actually handle a 75 win Mets season quite well. Like that's I can do that. I can watch SNY. I can appreciate, like, the beauty of the broadcasting. I can enjoy the, like, inevitable weird bullshit that will happen. I can emotionally – when I made my ins and outs list for 2024, one of my ins was a zen relationship with the New York Mets. And I do mean that because it's just, like, what can we possibly do at this point? Like, I know that what hurts the most is for me to walk into a season convinced – that the Mets are going to win the World Series. I've done it. I've lived it. I've hated it. It hasn't happened. It's been painful. It's been sad. It's been shitty. And so I actually feel like I'm going in with open eyes, open heart. It's going to be what it's going to be. And they're not going to win the World Series. And it's going to be fine. Talk to me in March and see how I still feel. But that's where I'm at now. Where are you at? Um, I'm still at the, half the league has not done a damn thing, including, you know, the Yankees got Juan Soto, big whoop. They've they've not spent any money or done anything to disprove my notion that they are actually cash poor. Oh, Uh, I think they're cash poor. I think that's super real. I mean, it's just like, I I feel like since the Soto trade and the the Otani signing, I'm just like, what is there to care about at this point? Like, my feeling on the Mets is, yeah, th- there isn't a lot, it feels like. Like, the Cubs got uh, Shoto Imanaga, and immediately what I read was like, oh, everything about this, including, like, the dollars that he's getting, suggests that they don't really think he's even going to be that good. Okay. Why did they sign him? But they just traded to toolsy prospects for Michael Bush. And Yancy Almonte. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I mean, allegedly the Mets are looking for more starting pitching, which yeah. I'm kind of just like, okay. But here's here's what I will stake out right now. Kodai Senga, Cy Young season. I feel that. I feel that. And I, I think it's going to be that thing, uh, very like 2017 to 2019 DeGrom feeling where it's like, I don't give a shit about this team. They can't win games. They suck. But, oh, my God, once every five days, I get to watch the coolest thing on planet Earth. And I think that's going to really buoy me this season. Yeah, I do think – I don't think it's going to be as bad as you think because I think the thing that the Mets have done since David Stearns took over, it seems like their philosophy has been on this season raising the floor rather than raising the ceiling. That's a good – that's was fair. all like trying to like shoot for the moon. And they have been trying to fail. shoot for the moon. Yeah. Um, there's no reason they can't be in the mix the way that the Marlins were last year, especially if they get a little bit more starting pitching. 
Um, and I think that's, that's fine. And that's sort of like what we like, honestly, if this is going to be a sort of rebuilding year for the Mets, that is what they should be aiming for is like yeah. 85 wins and try to squeak in on the last weekend. Um, now, that's better now, to me than bottoming all the way ass out. But there is also, there is some joy and appeal in bottoming all the way ass out. Um, I will turn, turn back to Parker as a Cubs fan and ask, um, which kind of season you would prefer to have the bottom all the way ass out or, um, sort of fake contender. Well, <clears throat> I feel like last year the Cubs had the fake contender thing yeah, uh, they did. because it started bottoming out and then they had this weird, weird surge in the middle where I they mean, were punching way insane. above their weight. Marcus Stroman, fake contender all-star. Yeah. Those Blue Jays teams, the Mets, the Cubs, yeah. the 2024 yeah. exactly. That's where he winds up. Yeah. That's a, that big and, fake contender ass And energy. here's the thing, though. He, he could have, the Cubs could have and should have traded him. And, like, had they done that, that would have been fantastic. They could have gotten something for him. Um, uh, they didn't. And... Because it was like, oh, well, may hey, maybe the Cubs are going to make the playoffs. They didn't. Um, and I thought that, like, that was fun. It was fun that where it was like, the Cubs are going to make the playoffs. They didn't. But I like those seasons. It's disappointing. Those are fun. It's better than the seasons where it's, like, over by May. Yeah. I would. I will take the fake contending season than the like total like bottoming out season because what's the what's the point it's it, it given that major league baseball's draft isn't you know it's it's not like like in the nfl when when talking about like the nfl like i often as a bears fan will get to week four in the season and be like i hope the bears lose every game the rest of the season <laughs> just because that's how it is and because the first pick in the draft matters and you how know how much fun was this season i'm sorry to interrupt but how much fun was this season as a bears fan oh yeah just knowing just, that like you you could play to win because the panthers were yeah. on their way to, to that number one pick for oh, you. it was fantastic it's awesome and uh and now the Bears have the have the first and what eighth pick I think first and yeah some, yeah something like that it's gonna be great whatever they do with it I'm I'm excited because Caleb Williams or are they gonna or are they gonna try to build around Fields who knows I don't know it's gonna be awesome um, I you know, unfortunately though guys I have to I have to bounce. Yeah, we, right. we can we can wrap. I will say I will say just this, which is that you're so right. Like this, like you know, it's the oldest cliche in the book that baseball is a microcosm of life, mm -hmm. but it is, I think, so real that it's like I, in my intellectually, I'm like, let's just bottom out. Like, let's not mm -hmm. do the fake contender thing because it's more. It it hurts more. It's so mm -hmm. painful to be like fake contender is. So so painful but it's more fun it's more it life it's more energy it's more it's more and it's heartbreak and when we avoid heartbreak you know anyway jesse ask me how i feel about ferrari